Welcome to the At A Total Loss podcast, where lost moms candidly talk about stillbirth, baby loss, grief, survival, and all things in between. I'm Catherine. My first child, Brody, died at full term and was stillborn in January of 2022. I literally thought the sadness was going to kill me. And while trying to survive, I reached out to lost moms to connect with others who knew how I felt. It was these conversations that saved me, and to this day, they still do. We discuss our babies, life with grief. We even laugh, a lot actually. It is my hope that hearing our stories will help you realize that you are not alone in any of this, and maybe even serve as a guide to finding light in the dark. So get comfortable and grab some tissues as we discuss this crazy life after baby death that has left us all at a total loss. Hey. Hi, how are you? Oh, good. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm good. Sorry. I'm in a makeshift studio today, so I was running a little late. If we have any technical difficulties, I'll holler. Sounds good. You can hear me just fine. Yeah, you sound really good. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're very clear um, and your mic Perfect. sounds good. Awesome. Are you okay? Oh, I'm just so do- excited, Catherine. <laughs> I am so you excited are- to do this. This podcast saved me in the oh. beginning months. Oh, and just knowing that now I get to share Christopher's story and other moms are hopefully going to nod along and be like, yep, I felt that or yeah, I've been there. It's so but wonderful. It's just, oh, thank yeah. you for sharing that with me. Yeah, I, I to have mamas who never thought in a million years they would get to this place yeah. and find, and they're they're there and they're coming on and giving their messages. And, and I, you know, if it took me a minute to get to yours, sometimes I like some time to go by. Yeah. Um, from the loss. And uh, I really do love the message that you want to give parents. And I love the part in your guest submission where it said that we do have a choice on how we're going to look at things after loss. And I find that to be such a wonderful and refreshing perspective. So bringing you on is a pleasure of mine because I really, the light that you have, your story is obviously so incredibly heartbreaking like so many others, but the realization of what had happened to him, um, I'm sure is extremely frustrating and um, so rare. And to not be able to connect with many who have experienced this, I'm I'm hoping maybe somebody will listen and and hear this um, and reach out. But um, I do love the messages that you give and your light radiated through your submission. So I'm I'm honored to have you on and Christopher on. Um, Thank you. So of course you've listened I'm not going to interrogate you. I want to get to know you. This is us connecting. And thanks for doing this on a Sunday morning. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> this is my first Sunday recording and I don't hate it. I'm like, I'm chill. Like, let's right? kick off this day talking about our babies. Okay. That's it. A chill Sunday af- morning and then we'll lean into that afternoon and see what happens. Let's see what happens next. That's always the case. Um, so yeah, take us take us as far back as you want to. And awesome. Thank you, Catherine. Story. Of course. Thank you. And I think I'll benefit from you asking questions. So just jump in at any uh, time. You, you got it. I'm all yeah. over it. I'm all over that. <laughs> awesome. And I also have my mug. I'm going to be drinking from here. It's my cardinal mug. It's my Christopher mug. Oh, that's so beautiful. That what are you drinking? It looks delicious. <laughs> just a tea. <laughs> just a tea. <laughs> just a tea. <laughs> I had my four cups of coffee already. So You're set. <laughs> where are you? Where are you? I'm coming at you live from Christopher's room. So I'm in his nursery. Um, I always do my therapy sessions in here. Um, I thought this would be the perfect spot to uh, connect with you and all the other moms from Christopher's room. So this is his nursery. I like to put plants in here. Look at his little shoes. And tend to the plants. Yeah, he's got his little shoes. uh, This book is amazing. It's called I Love You Still. Mm. Um, I'll put it up here. And it's a memorial scrapbook for stillborn babies. Oh, really? Yeah, it's you could reflect on your pregnancy month by month, and you could write about how you memorialize them, how you honor them to this day. Um, so I, I have that in here as well. I'll link that. I'll have to get that link from you when yes. we're finished here. Absolutely. I believe awesome. it's available on Amazon, so it'll be great for all moms. Perfect. Uh, yeah, because I have one for living babies, and I'm like, this doesn't really yeah. apply. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad somebody made that for us. That's lovely. It's specifically for babies who've passed. So nice. So nice. Are you? What state are you in? Oh, I'm in Canada. I'm in Toronto. Okay. <laughs> so what time is it there? Same time. We're okay. both nine o'clock. Good. Okay. Yeah. I was like, any earlier. I was like, girl. <laughs> okay. I didn't no, know that. Same I time. Yeah. Toronto. So I'm just like 20 minutes from Toronto. Oh, very nice. Okay. Yeah. So um, back to the beginning, my husband and I were high school sweethearts. We've been together since I was 15. 
uh, he came to my sweet 16, met my entire family on my sweet 16th birthday. We knew we were, this is it, we're each other's person. Uh, we stuck through with high school. He went to college. I went to university. We stayed together the entire time, started our careers. I'm an elementary school French teacher, and my husband's in construction. And um, we bought our house. We got married. And so this is it. We're going to start our family. We're, we've literally achieved everything that we wanted to mm -hmm. so far. All that's left is to add a baby into the mix. Mm -hmm. And we were trying for Christopher. He took about six months. Uh, which I think a, a portion of that was I was finishing my master's degree. So it was that stress. As soon as I finished my master's degree, submitted my paper, bam, we got pregnant. Isn't that wild? Wow. <laughs> we were also renovating the house at the same time because that's just who I am is let's get it all done at once. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to say Christopher had a hand in the entire renovation because I was pregnant. So I was going shopping, picking up the finishes all while growing, uh, growing this bump. And so we always say that he had a hand in how the house looks right now, mm -hmm. which was really sweet. Pregnancy was great. I had a midwife. Um, I had a midwifery team. They were phenomenal. They listened to all my worries. A lot of moms on the podcast I've heard say they just had this feeling. Mm -hmm. They couldn't They couldn't put a finger on it. They thought maybe it's just first-time anxiety. Um, I just couldn't envision the baby coming home. And with Christopher, I I thought that was just my anxiety like mm -hmm. them. I thought, I can't imagine it, but also I've never had a baby before. Uh, but we did everything. We got everything ready. Um, this guy, he has a, he had a bassinet on every floor. We had a bassinet in the family room on the main floor, a bassinet in our bedroom. He was so ready. I sterilized the bottles at 38 weeks. That's what people don't understand when we say it's not just a pregnancy loss. Like we, <gasps> we were prepared. Like Brody prepared. had pediatricians ready mm -hmm. for him. Like, yeah, it's a full on ready to go. Everything's yeah. set up. And then when you have to come home to not using those things and the silence, like it is an everlasting excruciating pain. Like people yeah. don't really put that together when we say we lost at term like it. It was go time for us. And you said you okay. had your hospital bag packed. I mean, at 38 oh, weeks, anything. Could I happen. was ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. You were and ready. We even made a personalized hospital gown. So my mom loves to sew. She actually made, she crocheted this blanket. Aww. So I had a personal hospital gown. I had two. That way I had two fresh ones ready to go with matching swaddles for Christopher, right down to a matching scrunchie. So oh God, I had so all precious. of that ready. And you were so excited to wear oh, that. Like so you envisioned excited. it a thousand yep. times. It was like the image that kept you going through tough pregnancy. Like yeah. moments. I, yeah. I prayed every day and just knew I have this outfit. He's going to match me. It's going to be fantastic. Prayed every, every, every day. I listened to a song by Celine Dion, um, Touched by an Angel. Mm -hmm. And how ironic. I just yeah. thought it was I waited so long to finally be a mom. And now I am. Mm. I've been touched by an angel um, in the eyes of a boy. Those are the lyrics. And I thought, oh, this I know great. it very well. You know it. Okay. You know it. Yeah. She can do no wrong. She... So... God, that song's thought, so how beautiful. Ironic. Yeah. So beautiful. Can you listen to it now? I do. And okay. I still feel like I've been touched by an angel. Oh, wow. Girl. It's just in a different way. But I feel so lucky to be Christopher's mom. It's just different than what I thought. Mm -hmm. but it's still beautiful mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. throughout the pregnancy I was worried about something happening on my watch with Christopher so I even told my midwives I'm scared of stillbirth what and yeah I said it my aunt had a stillbirth when I was 12 and oh. we went to my cousin's funeral and we went to baby Joseph's funeral he was perfect seven month old baby um just beautiful baby and I always had this fear of what if I'm going to lose a baby. And so I've always had that on my mind, which is interesting. Um, my midwives went over, we did tests, we looked at everything. Um, they're like, everything's looking good. It's probably just anxiety. I even joined a safe sleep group on Facebook uh, to learn about safe sleep practices. That way, when he's here, nothing could happen on my watch. I was terrified, making sure, does he go on his side? Could he go in the sleeper? Could he sleep like this? How long could he be in a car seat sleeping? Mm -hmm. I knew all the facts because I was terrified of anything happening on my watch. And um, now looking back, I realized that was totally an anxiety. It, like, that is anxiety. Um, mm -hmm. I just... I just felt like I needed to know all the facts about how to keep them safe. Uh, everything looked good. 
around 37 and five, 37 and six. So the day before 37 and six, um, I noticed his movements were different. They felt more like rolls and I was getting really mm -hmm. nervous. Um, so I, I kept trying to move around and then I would feel him rolling and it kills me to this day. I always think, what if I called in that day? Yeah. What if yeah. I called in? We all have that. We all right? have that. And so I hope if there's other moms listening and going, how do I forgive myself for not calling that day? You only know what you know. Mm -hmm. You only know what you know. And I just assumed she, it's that whole thing, right? He's running out of room. Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, but I'm, I'm still feeling these roles. So they're different, but he's still moving. Turns out he was moving because of me. I'm moving. So he's moving around. Mm. Um, 38, day thir week 38, I woke up, stillbirth on my mind. I woke up thinking stillbirth. I even Googled stillbirth 38 week symptoms. Before even going to the hospital. It's kind of um, wild. Mm -hmm. um, and it was decreased movements. I said, oh my gosh, okay, I'm going to call. I was terrified. I was shaking to call. Mm -hmm. I put it on. I put on one of my favorite shows, Love It or List It. And mm -hmm. I'm trying to calm myself down before making the call. And as I'm watching it, the real estate agent picks up the phone and goes, hey, I'm just going to call about blah, blah, blah. I go, okay, I'm calling. That's my sign. I'm picking up this phone. I'm calling my midwife, shaking. And she goes, okay, Serena, when was the last time you felt him move? And I said, last night at midnight, I, I felt him move. It was a roll, but I felt him move. And she said, okay, your, back, your bag's ready. I said, absolutely. She said, okay, call your husband. Let's all head to the hospital. He was, my husband was at work. So I called him. He raced from Toronto to where we are in Mississauga, a city close by. I'm in the hospital waiting for him to come. They check me in. They're super calm. They're so kind they complimented my outfit we laughed and they signed me in um one nurse starts uh getting the doppler ready and i'm just keeping it chill i'm like is it busy how are you doing she goes i'm not going to say it's quiet but so far it is pretty quiet i don't want to jinx it i'm like oh that's good and she's trying to find him she goes hmm, i can't quite find him and i'm like don't worry this has happened before it happened when i was 16 weeks not thinking, of course, that could happen at 16 weeks. He's so small. Mm -hmm. 38 weeks, we should be able to find him pretty quickly. Another nurse walks in and goes, hey, I'm just going to check it out too. And I just remember lying there and going, oh my gosh, why Why is this taking so long? Yeah. And I thought, I'm just going to look at their faces. And I, I just looked up and I see them making eye contact and just their eyes. I knew something was wrong. I was in denial. Um, they yeah. said, is your husband close by? And I go, yeah, he's just parking. So they're like, okay, well, we'll be right back. They didn't say anything. I'm still thinking maybe we're okay. I call my mom and without even having to say anything, she just answers and goes, what's wrong? Wow. My mom and wow. I are very intuitive. Wow. 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 We, we feel how the other one's feeling. And I go, mom, I'm in the hospital. They're trying to find Christopher's heartbeat. We had already named him. We knew he was going to be Christopher Jonathan. But they can't find Christopher's heartbeat. Michael's turning in. And she goes, okay, call me. Call me. How? Let me know what's happening. And then Michael comes in. Then my midwife comes in with a box of tissues. And that's what I knew. Jesus. She wouldn't walk in with a box of tissues for nothing. She was... She was guided by angels, this whole process. It was her first full-term stillbirth. She had been doing this for 10 years. But I learned full-term stillbirths are quite rare. It mm -hmm. was her first one. And she said, Serena, Michael, we believe your baby has passed. Michael starts crying immediately, of course. Distraught. I'm in denial. Yeah. I go, with all due respect, I, I think you're wrong. Because when I sit up, I'm feeling him moving. And then when I'm lying back down to check with the Dopplers, I feel him move. She goes, okay, you know what? Let's do an ultrasound just to make sure. I'm grateful she didn't dismiss me. I'm grateful she so didn't. She told you this after a Doppler, not after an ultrasound. Interesting. Right. Interesting. Yeah, because they tried for at least five minutes. The longest five minutes of my life. Um, at one point they said, oh, we get a heart. We got a heartbeat. And then they clarified, no, no, no we're picking up on yours. So it was a long oh, five God minutes bless. of looking for the Doppler. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So they walked me to the bereavement unit uh, with my go. We walked hand in hand. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, we're, we're walking into hell. Mm -hmm. We did the ultrasound. Um, and I remember just holding the ultrasound screen and not yelling, but inside I'm yelling and, mm -hmm. and screaming my baby. I just can't believe there's no movement on there. 
there's nothing. Um, our midwife gave us time to process everything. Um, when it comes to a stillbirth at the hospital, the midwifery care goes to an OB mm. and the midwife takes on more of a supportive role. So we were very lucky in that we had an OB now, mm-hmm. but our midwife, she took on the role of navigating all the ins and outs, making phone calls, getting therapists to come in and speak to us there on the spot. If she had never done this before, did you find out later how she knew how to do all of this? Was she consulting with somebody else that had done this before? She was yeah, it was with the hospital team. Okay, gotcha. So they yeah, were they and, were guiding her on how to how to navigate this. Yeah. Okay. And and she's also done it with earlier stillbirths, so right, right, the right. process would be similar. Similar, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um, the OB on the shift that morning, uh, he wanted to give me a gel and send me home. And from listening to the podcast, I heard he wanted to give you what a gel to start inducing labor okay. and send me home. Okay. And I said, there's no way I'm not going home. <laughs> Our house is ready. I have a breastfeeding caddy in the family room ready to go. There's no way I'm going home, which I thought was interesting because when I was listening into the podcast, I, there was a mom who said she was ha- like, she wanted to go home to spend one more night with the baby. And I, thought, I, That's I know an interesting perspective. it was interesting. That wasn't me. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I needed to stay there. Um, and so my midwife was amazing. She said, you know what? I'm not going to bring this OB in the room. She had never, he didn't come in. She had consulted him outside of the room. And she said, you know what? You're not even going to meet him. The new OB on call uh, after 5 p.m. I know she's not going to do this. I know she's going to approach things differently. And I think you'll appreciate those differences. And I said, I'm putting all my trust in you. <laughs> you tell me which OB we should work with and I'm following you. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. We we stayed in our room. A, ther- a therapist came and talked to us. Our parents came. Um, my mom just gave me the biggest hug and said, I wish I could take all this pain from you. And I'll never forget that. <laughs> right. As moms, yeah, we as know our, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right. It's so hard for them to watch. There's nothing they can do. There's to fix nothing it. they can do. Mm-mm. Yeah. I'm glad she was there, though, so quickly. Our parents came. Yeah, making those calls were terrible. What about- They're screaming on the phone. My oh, husband's God. parents came, too. What about your aunt? Is she still with you? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been 17 years, and there's days where it's still fresh for her. So this was very fresh for, for her. For example, she couldn't come to Christopher's funeral. I completely understood that. Are you, really? Because of her own loss? Yeah, in- it just hit too. Wow. She wasn't, able, she wasn't able to go to her sons. She was still in the hospital with preeclampsia. It was oh, undiagnosed. wow. And I said, if you couldn't go to your own son's funeral, I don't. I do not expect you to come to my own. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. See, the power in the power in 17 years later. Yeah. And this is where I struggle because Mm -hmm. in order to get through every day normally, you have to kind of, and my actual close lost mama friend said after five years, she's learned to decompartmentalize it. Like I need to put my grief and this pain aside in order to show up as a mom or as a wife or as a person functioning normally in society. And when I start to we talk about it so much and we listen to, to death and yeah. stillbirth so much that when you really stop and go, you know, why is this so damn painful two mm-hmm. years later, five years later, to, it's horrible. Like our own reality, when you really stop and go, holy shit, this happened. This is t- like you even telling your story right now. I'm like, I can't believe I did the same thing. I cannot right? believe this because you put it away in order to function. You know, it's not like we carry around like the day we found out they died all the time. You can't, can't. You wouldn't be able to do anything. Yeah. No. And it's not like we are, you know, dissociating from it. It's just we have to put it to the side in order yeah. to continue everyday life. So when yeah. we go back to what happened, you're like, Jesus, I forgot how horrific this is. Oh my God. Yes. I just have to like respect anybody listening. Like, we're not trying to scare you if you're two weeks, three weeks, you know, four yeah. months out, you know. It, but just I respect the fact that it is still really flipping hard 17 years later. And that fact that she admitted that is massive mm-hmm. because the pressure to f- be better is oh. just- it's not going to happen. It's just not, yeah. it's that horrific of a situation. And it, is it that reminds horrific. me why nobody wants to talk to us about it. It just reminds me because this story you're telling me right now is just like, it's, oh, how did you survive right. it? Like, and you said that yeah. in your session, you're like, wow. 
I survived this. I, and I, and it's, I never, I didn't know if I me would. and my husband yeah. were, we yeah. did not know. We we're like, how, how, how do we, and we're all in our thirties or late twenties. And so everyone's just having babies left, right and center. And so in our friend group, there was a baby born in October, another okay. one born in November. We were December. There's uh. one for January, a February, a March. There's an April. So maybe that makes seven. And Christopher's the only one who didn't make it. And so we were thinking, how are we going to make it? We're constantly going to be seeing these handful of babies growing up and going, Christopher's right there. That's right? so right hard. And you, and that's like, my friend said to me, you know, she's five years out. I'm two years out. She said, I wish I could tell you that it, it gets easier, but there's new things that happen. Watching people mm -hmm. have the lineage that, or the, the order of gender that you should yeah. have, or the amount of kids you wanted. She's like, it still really, really stings to see this. And like my age group, we were mid thirties when this happened. And all my 10 friends from college all had multiple children, three kids yeah. each. Um, and no one had this happen no to them. So of course I'm the last one and this happened. Now my husband's younger than me. So now his friends are all having kids. And I'm like, oh shit. Like now I have to watch them have boys and then, uh, and then yeah. another boy. And then like, I am, oh girl. Yeah. This is, you're in a tough situation. Has that affected your relationships at all? You know what? Um, one has one. I, the Christopher and the baby born a month apart in January, we still haven't talked they were there when they sent us a nice message when Christopher was born we sent them a next message one month postpartum saying congratulations on their baby after that it dwindled but everyone else we still keep in touch in fact my best friend or maid of honor we got pregnant four months from each other so her baby was born in April and we stuck through we honor each other's motherhoods even though our motherhoods look completely different is she have a boy or a girl boy Oh shit, she girl! Has two boys. You're bigger than me. Yeah, you are a bigger person than I am. Oh, she actually gave us this. Uh, there's an elephant right up there. That's awesome. She gave that so to cute. us. I know. We are best friends, and I'll check in on her. How is she handling two under two? How is she? And she checks in on me. Hey, how are you doing? I know it's the ninth, especially during the first year, oh, the ninth cool. of every month. She came. Her and her husband came to the cemetery with us to visit Christopher. Like some people I'm, just get it. Yeah. She must yeah. have Googled and found resources and did whatever she could. And that's, that's oh. it's not easy to do, but like, it's possible to do that. If you want to do that for us, some people yeah. just don't know what to say. It's too dark for them. It's too sad for them. It, it's, they can't handle it. So they back out. They just yeah. tap out. They're like, I don't feel like it. I don't have the effort. You know, it's, it's sad. It I'm is. Sorry. I'm sorry. So, oh, I'm so grateful that her and I have stuck it through. Um, She's just a phenomenal friend. I'm so, so grateful. And she knows all about the podcast. I'm speaking on it today. I didn't know she's going to text me about it later. What's up? Who, what's her name? You're the best. <laughs> Jennifer. Jennifer, thanks for being one of the good ones. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> we, we know you guys. Like, you know, yeah. what's, what's terrible is there's fewer of those types of friends than the ones that actually, you know, disappear or don't know how to handle or like don't even bother to figure out what the right thing is to say. And that's, that's really sad. It's not something I saw coming. I thought mm -hmm. my friends would be showing up at my door. Nope. That's not really yeah. what happened. Um, it was almost like it was way too dark of reality for a lot of them. Yeah. So the good ones, some, but I will say I've gotten close to people. I never really thought I would because of how they showed because up. Because that's true. Yeah. So, you know, I think it kind of was a weed out process. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how dark life could get. This is I'm not sure it's going to get any darker. God, I hope not. It better not. <laughs> the worst thing like that a human. One of the worst things I will say yep. that a human can experience. And, you know, to see who showed up and who didn't, it was kind of like, all right. I know who's coming with me for the rest of this journey. Exactly. God, well, exactly. Jennifer, you're the best. Thanks so much. I would love to know how you <laughs> how you pulled it off. I know. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> it's tough, especially when she was still pregnant during my loss, right? She was four months pregnant. Did so she... to navigate that. So, okay. So at the time, you didn't know what happened to Christopher. So, were so you... when we're in the hospital, we, uh, before he was born, we didn't know. We So they did all these tests, all these blood tests to see if I had an infection. Everything came back negative. Then birth time came. It was time to give birth. Now, when I say signs, there was even signs in the hospital, Catherine. 
So uh, earlier in the podcast, I said my husband is in construction. He specifically does um, fire protection. So the sprinkler system that releases water during a fire, okay. right? How can anyone explain just before go time, the sprinkler system goes off. There's no fire. <laughs> There's no fire in the no. and suite. But the sprinkler system went off. And <laughs> I'm like, I'm ready to push. And they go, wait, just wait. You can't push. There's water all over the floor. So they wheeled me into a regular birthing room. And I gave birth 40 minutes later. And I'm just like, what is, what is this? <laughs> That is so wild. Oh my God. And you know what's so, I had this conversation with another podcast that's coming out up uh, and, and I, she was very adamant that God didn't do this to her, that, that, but he was there to help her through it. And I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I think we're so foggy and in our, in, in shock that we don't see that he is there in these little signs throughout the entire journey and the entire experience. I'm so happy you recognize it, but that one was like blaring. That one was very obvious. You could not ignore that. <laughs> there was my husband, he, he installs these, he goes, they don't just release water unless they sense fire. There's no fire. Here. That's so insane. I love that yeah. so much. So that was wild. Um, and the birth, the entire process was very calm. The entire pregnancy, I practiced birthing affirmations. I had an epidural and it was just such a calm, calm birth. In between pushes, I was doing affirmations. Like mm -hmm. my body knows what it's doing. One more push until I could see my baby. And the entire team, everyone who would walk into the room would give us a hug. if It was their first time seeing us. And mm -hmm. the whole nursing team was amazing. There was... Um, about four people in the room. My midwife was holding one leg. My husband's holding another and holding my hands. And when one of the nurses said three more pushes and your baby's here, mm -hmm. it, they put him right on my chest mm. um, to feel him warm. Felt amazing. And I know not everyone gets that. Mm -hmm. Um, so Teddy moms who didn't, I'm so sorry. I know Catherine, your birth, did you get to have Brody on your chest right away? No. no. Mm -mm. <sighs> That was on me. And that's something that I hope moms, I didn't know what, I just didn't know what he would look like. And mm. I, I covered my eyes and said, I'm so scared. I don't know what to yeah. do. And nobody was coaching me on what to do. Nobody in the, they whisked him away. And I was like, is, where is he? And they're like, oh, do you want to see him? Do you? And I was like, you guys should have been like, we urge you. Nobody was prepping me. To yeah. say, we urge you to hold him. He's going to look like a baby. This no, no. Nobody did that. So my no. husband was like, and they took him away and they bathed him and then they brought him over. And I wish that somebody had coached me for yeah. what to expect. So I would have been like, immediately give him to me. Um, that's something that I live with. And, and I, and to everybody, you know, and I, the only way I can comfort myself is that if I did have that moment, I know it would still never be enough. I still- no would want more time, um, no matter what we decided to do in that moment and those seconds, um, it, we will always regret something always. that we decided to do at the time. But even two years later, you know, my eyes are filling up with tears. It's still never yeah. going to be the picture that we wanted. I'm so happy you got that. I know moms who do have that don't regret doing that. And I think it's only us who didn't get that, that really wish that we did. Yeah. So I'm happy you did get that. And Catherine, I think you're doing something really powerful. You made a pamphlet, right? <laughs> yeah. But, and in that pamphlet, does it say parent your baby? Does it give strategies? Um, they wouldn't let us do that. They um, they had their own pamphlet that they, it's like a book. Okay. Okay. But I will say that nobody's reading a book. Like a, no. no one's reading a manual. I needed it verbally yeah. said to me, hey, this is what's going to happen today. Mm -hmm. And so we are trying to work with the hospitals now to call us and bring us in when there's a new story yes. so that we can either call or Coach. FaceTime the parents yep. before they show up. We got care after he was here. I yep. needed it in the eight, nine, 10 hours between finding out he was dead and getting to the hospital because we had to wait for a hospital bed. And then then the night of induction, like it was 24 hours right. from the time we found out he was dead and until he was born. Nobody really coached us. And I think that's really important to do because the only thing that I was getting was my sister was contacting somebody that she knew through somebody else 
Like, hey, right. what does she do? So that's really a big lack in the hospitals. I'm so happy that you had that. Maybe it's a Canada thing. I, I don't know. I, I I think that it's hit or miss with all the hospitals. They're very inconsistent. Yes. So knowing what to do. And there, I, I do know some moms that have like websites and stuff, but some moms Google, like, what do I do? I, I yeah. don't really remember even thinking of that. I, no. The shock factor is massive that people don't realize like somebody listening who never lost would be like of course i put them on my chest okay, okay bitch no. listen yeah like we not are not fully no. mentally present it's no. a wild mechanism that our bodies do whether it's yeah. divine whether it's science i don't know but you are not physically of the mind that you normally are in for That's protective true. reasons 100 percent so, you got that time. Did you get photos? Did you get all yes. that? Okay, yeah. good. good. So what we did, um, my midwife had called an organization, which is in the States as well. It's called Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. Mm-hmm. They came in the next day and took pictures with Christopher um, and us with Christopher. And I cherish these photos. I always will. We have them framed in our bedroom, on our bedside tables. Um, they mean so much to us to see his little hands, little toes. Um so we we had that. Um, we held him a lot. We had our parents come and hold him. Our siblings come and hold him. He had his matching swaddle, matched my nightgown. Um, his swaddle is still in a plastic bag that our midwife tied off, and I haven't opened it yet. And one day I now, hope to. What do we do with that that swaddle? I mean, I see people make like bears and stuff out of yeah. them, but I'm not shipping that anywhere. Like no. I gotta find somebody next door to do it. Yeah, but oh, I'm also I scared of the smell dissipating. Yeah, so that's why it's yeah. still in the bag because I know if I open it, it's gonna bring me right back there. Um, yeah, so I haven't opened it yet. It's been a year and two months. Um, yeah, so the the entire hospital experience was calm, terribly sad extremely sad lots of crying I I remember going on Pinterest at night and looking at quotes on stillbirth I found that helped um but the night of induction that was just terrible that is that was the worst night of my life it was a cold room and we're in the bereavement suite and it's just so sad knowing we're leaving without him prepping for something that you have to do that knowing that that last push they're out and it's over and it's it's, it is a lot no one really talks about those pushes no yeah no no one does and I remember thinking when we found out okay that's the hardest part I just found out he died and then the next hard part was okay now I'm gonna give birth then the next hardest part was now we're gonna have to leave him at this hospital and then it was then we're gonna have a funeral and then he's gonna go we we have we have Christopher in a mausoleum in a catholic cemetery where our grandparents are oh what are the chances both of our Grand, maternal grandparents are in the same cemetery that's awesome so oh she's surrounded by his great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents um they're all at the same cemetery and so we thought oh my gosh burying him it will be the next hardest day there was just so many hard days yeah. within a week of each other and it just kept feeling like there was this glass this plate and just smash and then next hard thing smash mm. you're like how many pieces am I gonna have to put back together after all of these smashes yeah and then you then you get to the year mark yeah. which almost feels like a it's almost like running um, the hardest marathon of your entire life mm-hmm. and getting through like going in a circle and getting back to the starting line and getting a medal like I survived yeah the entire firsts of everything and then what happens for for me it went from a sharp excruciating raw foreign feeling to a deep dull constant familiar feeling familiar. that you yeah. carry with you now because they're still going to be more first but they're never going to be as horrific as the first year because you don't you aren't equipped to handle it that's the only reason, in my opinion, then the second year, it's not easier. You just get better at managing it. Like you're like, yes. oh, there's that familiar tug at my heart, that heavy feeling in my chest. But my coping, I've gotten so good at coping that I'm able to turn around faster now. It's very hard to explain. So did you feel 100%. almost relief when he turned one? Um, I like that you say when he turned one, <laughs> he did turn one, even though it's, it looks different. Um, well, with Christopher, uh, I did feel relief. I did feel relief that he turned one. 
we also have this really amazing relationship where I get a lot of signs from him and he sends me a lot of signs. I gotta and I dig really into intuitive. that. Yeah. yeah so I gotta let's, dig into let's this. Let's dive into that. Yeah. So have this you time always last, been intuitive? Uh, in some way, yes. But this is next level stuff. So buckle up, Catherine. Are you ready? This is so wild because I have a post planned about signs today. Like I yeah. swear to God, and I swear, like this is this is bugging me out right now because I have yeah. a reel ready to go that's like, tell me signs that you've gotten from your baby that nobody would believe. And I'm having mm-hmm. this conversation with you. Yeah. And I thought for a second, like, because you put in your submission, like, oh, I talked to a medium, which a lot of people do. I didn't think for one second that you were going to be wrapped up into in intuitiveness, like in this whole. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. So oh. you said your mom and you are intuitive. Is this like something yeah. gifted? So, uh, what I've learned is we all have it. We just have to learn to tap into it and trust it and that we're not making it up. It's real. And so I'll give you an example. I have so many examples. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, I am. <laughs> so this time last year, February 16 of last year, so it was two months postpartum, I started looking online for a medium in the area to connect with. And I found this woman who her son passed. He was a teenager when he passed. And on her website, she said she is dedicated to connecting parents with their children of any age. I said, okay, she's my lady. I'm reaching out to her. We did a Zoom call, which I thought, hmm, you can do Zoom or in person. And I chose Zoom because I wanted to be in Christopher's room, just like I'm in Christopher's room on this call with you. And I believed it, but I also knew, okay, let's just see how it goes. My first time seeing a medium. And one of the first things she says to me is, I see a baby girl. And I go, oh, no. I'm Crap. Like, Give me my money back. <laughs> and I go, well, it's a baby, but I was hoping to connect with a baby boy. And she goes, no, no, wait a minute. And when you talk to a medium, they often close their eyes and you just have to wait. They're getting a message and then they'll give you something that they're seeing. And oftentimes their message is correct, but how they interpret it is wrong. And she goes, no, no, it's definitely a girl, but this little girl is you and you have a grandmother figure holding you and caressing you as a baby saying everything's going to be okay. And mediums often will ask, does this resonate with you? Catherine, 30 years ago, when I was born, I had double lung pneumonia and jaundice. I was in the hospital for a couple months with my mom. My mom was terrified of losing me. She had a dream of her grandmother, my great grandmother, who passed just before I was born, holding me and saying they don't make babies like this anymore Uh, or they don't make babies like they used to they used to look like little rats such small little babies now these babies are born nice and chunky she's going to be okay she is going to be okay and I go so this medium is saying she's seeing my grandmother holding me as a baby saying everything's going to be okay and she says she's still holding you she's been holding you since you were here I go yeah, my mom had a dream of you that. You already knew about ago. the dream. Okay. Already knew. My mom always okay. told me, you right. have your great-grandmother in heaven. She's always watching over you. She told me when you were in the hospital and I had this dream of her that everything's going to be okay with you. And 30 years later, this medium is describing my mom's dream that she had. That's so, that's wild. Okay. So I said, okay, I'm buckled up. I'm along for the ride on this Zoom call with the medium. And uh, she goes on to tell me things that are in Christopher's room. She goes, okay, I don't, I see that he has ribbons hanging from his crib. And I go, yeah, he does. And she can't see the crib. I'm facing it right now. It's just like how I'm on the call with you. And she goes, he's being very persistent that you put those ribbons there. And she goes, does that resonate with you? And I said, it does. Because um, when everything had happened, my husband had come home with both of our dads and put all the baby stuff back from around the house into this room, back into his nursery. So everything's oh, wow. in one place. Yeah. These ribbons were from his funeral flowers. They were draped over his um, his casket at the funeral. And it was the one thing I put in his room after the funeral. Everything else, all of his caddies and bassinets, diaper bag, all of that was put back in here from my husband and parents. The one thing I did put in here was after his funeral, his ribbons. And she goes, he knows you put them there. Go. How would she know about these ribbons? How would she know? That's the one thing ah. I put in here. Uh, she goes, your baby is always with you. He, all our babies, they're with us. They're watching us. Um, and not in a scary way, but just out of love. They're, they're trying, they're guiding us and they're letting us know that they're here. Um, flickering lights is a big one that I didn't know was a sign. We had a family friend drop off food one day, which was really helpful in those early days. Yeah. They were about two weeks postpartum. They dropped off food and the 
lights in the hallway were flickering and we just renovated our house. Lights hadn't flickered ever before then. And she goes, oh, your lights are flickering. You know, that's a sign from loved ones. And we're like, what? Really? I didn't know that. And I Googled it. Turns out it is. Wow. And um, ever since then, the lights flicker on special moments. Um, I mentioned earlier that a midwife was guided by Angel. She was amazing. She calls to check in on milestones. And when she calls, the lights turn off and on. That's so wild. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's and huge. It's not, and it's not just the hallway light where the front door is. It could be in our bedroom. It could be in Christopher's room. On his first birthday, when we went out for breakfast, the lights turned off in the restaurant. <laughs> like you can't Come make on. this up. Oh my and god! My dad, who's all about science, uh, he's like, I don't know, maybe it's the lights. I'm like, Dad, you installed these lights in the house, so you double check your work because you installed these lights in our that's house. That's so funny that you have two people that like could be like, that's that's <laughs> not possible because I technically yeah. know it's not. Yeah. <laughs> and then when we were out for breakfast, and we went for breakfast with our parents. Uh, and the lights turned off in the restaurant. Um, like they just all went off and went back on. And the waitress goes, "What? That's weird." And my dad, who is skeptical about skeptical of these lights, he goes, "Well, here's Christopher." And I go, "Exactly." <laughs> He's a believer now. He's a believer. Yeah. Um, another example of the lights is uh, we got a dog a month postpartum, which was a wild ride, Catherine. <laughs> Wild ride. Yeah, I was told to do that. I know, and I don't know many that did it, but like, yeah, I feel like I it's did. a good distraction, but it's dogs it, are hard. <laughs> dogs are hard. And we got a German shepherd. He's a Woo. big guy. Yeah, we did a lot of schooling. I actually say, um, you know how sometimes you can rescue dogs. Odin, our dog rescued us. He yeah. gave us a routine. I couldn't sleep in all day. I had to walk this guy three times a day. We yeah. took him to school. We We were really, um, on on the training and one day he uh when he was still learning how to go outside to go to the bathroom he pooped at the front door because I couldn't find his leash to take him out in time he pooped at the front door I'm like Michael come down help me because he's there and the poop's there and the lights above us are just going off and on like wild and I'm like Michael Christopher's laughing at us because we're gagging trying to pick up this dog <laughs> poo. Oh, the floor. So it was funny. so gross. I think it was diarrhea. It's oh like, my oh, god, it's so gross in the carpet, and we're gagging and laughing because the lights are going off and on. And I say, wow. whoever doesn't believe this, you just got to spend one day, <laughs> spend one day with me because these lights are going. Well, you acknowledge it. And I was told yeah. that they'll stop if you don't acknowledge it. And acknowledge um, it. yeah, yeah. I think that's really important. I mean, I I don't feel like I get any anymore. And that's probably my fault because I just kind of shut down to the concept. And uh, yeah. that that's something I think a lot of us do. We don't know where they are. We're not sure where they are. We're questioning our faith. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I don't know your take. Obviously, your take on this is probably different. But for me, mediums have scared me. I don't, I don't know who's coming through. I don't know what's coming yeah. through. I don't know what their intentions are. So to find somebody reputable who you trust that that is a kind and good That's true. One is yeah. really important. I think for there's sure. some out there that open up doors that we don't want open. And I 100%. Yeah. Um, so I think that portion of all of this did, definitely scared me. Um, how did you know your medium was... Like, did somebody tell you about them? How did you just find somebody like this that you thought was legit? Uh, I think it was, I didn't know anyone who who had seen her. I didn't know anyone who's ever seen a medium. It was just that she said she had lost her son and okay. she's uh, dedicated to helping others connect. I wonder with if she would come children. on here. I would like to get somebody legit to come on totally and discuss. Yeah, I think, you know, whatever. At this point, like I threw every single thing that I knew yeah. out the door when you have a dead child, mm -hmm. like you, everything's on the table. There's nothing off of it. Like, let's go. At like, this point, I don't no. even care. You know, like I have no idea if we're in different realms or dimensions or the heaven <laughs> or like what is going on, but Hey, I'm down for all of it mm -hmm. at this point. Um, so the little girl, okay. What did she tell you? Cause for a second, I thought you were going to say the little girl was the next baby. Um, yeah. What did she say about like, did you ask her about subsequent pregnancies or moving forward and I what did. happened there? Yeah, I did. Um, in fact, I saw her last month and um, oh, you saw her again. I did. Oh, so okay. a year later, a okay. year later, I saw her 
again um wild again she I told her I was trying to get pregnant and she said oh I see one coming I just found out I'm pregnant I am five weeks pregnant (laughs) oh my god lady well congrats to you thank you lady oh my god she said no they're coming you've done everything you need to do just give it time it it's coming. She she told me um, she sees a little girl coming through. I've had a dream. The next one's a little girl. Um, last year, I had a dream that I was getting an ultrasound done and they were saying, okay, here's your little boy. You know, that's Christopher and here's a little girl and there's another one. Um, so I always had an idea the next one's going to be a girl. And then last month for her to say, no, there's one coming and it's a girl. And I said, is she alive? Do you see her alive? And she goes, she's very much alive. Um. So I'm anxious for this pregnancy, but I'm I'm trying to hold on faith at that and hold on faith right. with God, uh, and do all do all the things, do the work. Well, you, I you, go to therapy. Good for you. <laughs> I do it all. Good for you. Right. Yeah. Uh, we do couples therapy too. That was also a huge saving grace because couples grieve differently. Very. Mm-hmm. And so from the beginning, Michael and I did individual therapy and couples therapy, different therapists. Um, that has helped tremendously. Yeah. That's really great. I mean, I think it's so helpful. Therapy's not easy. People don't no. realize that. Like, I thought it was going to be a quick fix Mm-mm. and I wanted to quit. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to keep showing up because I, I I, have to trust that it's going to be best for me now to rip the Band-Aid off and dump salt and acid in the wound. Yes. Because Feel as it. I move forward, you know, I'm not going to – if I don't do it now, I'm going to do it later. That's just mm-hmm. my opinion. So – addressing it now. And I I have it. There's not a month I've missed therapy, to be honest, in two years. So I think it's just really important. Even if you show up and you're like, I got nothing, something comes up, you know, and doing it with your partner is really important too, because the communication can get, can make or break the situation big time. Now you had said that, um, Christopher had a funky cord. Yes. So he had an umbilical cord structure. Uh, which if you Google it, there's hardly anything on there. Um, there's a handful of studies, an umbilical cord stricture. So it's like the word structure, but with an I instead of a, a U mm-hmm. in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Stricture. And what we learned at the hospital is, so we only found this out once he was born and we saw him. His umbilical cord is regular, like every other baby's, but in one portion, it's usually closer to where their umbilical, where their belly button would be. It, it's for some reason it grows really small there and his when he was born was about the the diameter of a ballpoint pen like that small is where his umbilical that oh, is how wow. tiny and um our ob explained that in 40 years of being an ob she has never seen this before it's something she only read about in med school it is so rare and what it means is he when he uh, was conceived and his umbilical cord was developing, it was always small in that one area. Uh, but it was, it was small, but not that small. And it was big enough that blood was able to always go through the cord and he was able to sustain his life and he was able to live. Most babies passed around four months gestation. The average gestational age is 21 weeks. He went to 38. They have no idea how he was seven pounds, eight ounces with that tiny of a section of a cord. It's insanity. So wait, she saw it when he was born and knew immediately what it was. Immediately. It, she's like, I've never seen it in person. This is something I've read about. Wow. It is so rare. And and if if you Google pictures, you'll you'll see it. It's just a very small section of the umbilical mm-hmm. cord. And um, it's very fast. So baby is living. They're they start to struggle because it's getting tighter and tighter and it just gets too tight. So ROB said there's when you were noticing lack of movement, it was already too late. And if we did an emergency um, C-section by whatever means, his blood flow was already cut off by the time you noticed there was a lack of movement because he was only moving less because his cord was just getting smaller and smaller as he was getting bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I've never met anyone who's had a baby with an umbilical cord stricture. No baby's born alive with this. In, okay. Interesting. And you said it's undetectable on ultrasound. Completely undetectable. He passed everything. He did all his ultrasounds. Blood flow was always looking good. Size was great. He was like 75th percentile. No reason to think that oftentimes these babies are um, on the smaller side. Okay. And so he just, 
it was he just passed everything and everything looked great he passed what his average gestational age would have been for an umbilical cord stricture he almost doubled it how does all of this make you feel like that essentially what she's saying is that you there's nothing you could have done and you know even though the lack of movement which is our biggest indicator that something's wrong like you know, have you sought out an other opinion about this or did you just take what she said? And um, I've read every article that has been published on this and there's mm. not many. Mm. I would say with I did even more research yesterday in preparation for this and I maybe five to eight articles are written on this. That is it. Mm. That is it. And they, they all cite each other. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I've done extra research. I haven't sought out other professionals right 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 um because they're going to be citing these same articles that i've been finding most likely that's all there is on this because it is so incredibly rare will it happen again good question uh there's one article that says um that a mom did have an umbilical cord stricture uh with three subsequent pregnancies in total three in total and the fourth one they delivered very early um all the other ones say it's not genetic and it's not something that should be repetitive. Um, so it's hard to tell. And so now with this pregnancy, we're going to do all the tests, work with MFM, do lots of extra ultrasounds. They say no matter what we do, uh, you can keep an eye on it. But, you know. like Are there Facebook say, groups on this? There's a Facebook group for everything. There is. Um, I'm part of Facebook groups of moms who've had stillbirths and when i search for umbilical cord stricture there's nothing is there a chance they're calling it something else it's only that interesting it's only that yeah there's hypercoiling of the umbilical cord Mm -hmm. where it twist 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 yeah um but this is it just grew really small in one area okay i have a cord specialist it was uh released yesterday uh if you if you do get curious and want to talk to him about he's been researching umbilical cord issues for 20 something years so it may just be a matter of him saying, hey, the subsequent pregnancy, this is what you're going to do, yeah. um, even if that just helps you. I don't know if you have anxiety about it yet. Typically, the anxiety comes a little bit later once you get past the very, very early days of yeah. knowing you're pregnant. Um, yeah. I, I, I think the medium helps in a situation like this because it's going to keep you positive. It's going to keep your brain from going too crazy. Even though it's probably going to go crazy, let's be real. It already has. <laughs> but then I, I ground myself back and and use the strategies I learned in therapy. Right. Um, crocheting helps. My crochet a lot. Mm. Um, and I, I've been making, my mom and I have been making little cradles and blankets for stillborn babies and donating them to the hospital. Oh, that's awesome. Because most babies aren't full term when they pass. Right. And mm-hmm. so the hospital blankets are just so big on them. And so having smaller baby uh, blankets and little hats helps. One thing I want to say before I forget is um, when we were talking about signs for any moms and even use something to try um, that we did is when we get in the car and we're listening to the radio, we'll say, okay, I'm going to click the radio station three times. I don't know what songs can come up on this station. Uh, so change the station three times and say whatever song is playing buddy that's from you and just listen to it and if it's obscene rap if it's a hardcore rock song yeah. like just laugh along yeah and in fact when I talked to the medium she said okay he's taking me into a car and saying that you play some sort of radio game and that's what my husband overheard and he ran in he goes what the like, oh my gosh that's <laughs> insane yeah so that's for any mom who's just going oh, I really want to sign for my baby just try the radio game and listen to the song and laugh along. It might be silly. It might be a sad song. There might be a beautiful message in there. It, it might just make you laugh and go, are you kidding me? Wait, so you you hit, wait, what do you do? You... So we're on the, you're in the car and yeah. you click like to change the radio station three times. So you don't okay. know what radio station is going to play and oh, you don't know what song okay. is going to be on there. Okay. Okay. Got and you're it. like, are you kidding me? That's you're funny. One. Why are you listening to this? <laughs> Girl, I think that's a good message. I, I mean, you might get messages asking for this medium, by the way. So if she yeah. <laughs> make sure she knows, like you're giving her name out. Yeah. Um, this that's one thing I don't think we know who to trust in, yeah. in after our babies die. You know, medical professionals, of course, therapists, yeah, people in general. But then, you know, somebody wants to seek out some sort of hope. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and the hope is in a medium. I don't think we seek out mediums to give us, you know, horrible thoughts. No. It's for hope and it's because we love them and we want to feel close to them. So having somebody who's legit, um, I think is really powerful. And, uh, and yeah. Helpful. I would add even without seeing a medium, we could just do it ourselves. Like just praying to our babies, talking to them, Yeah, you know, like, Hey man, I'm like this, for example, like Christopher guide me during this, <laughs> during this, uh, podcast call I'm nervous but I'm so excited just yeah. like make sure all the good ideas come to me make sure I don't forget things but I know I will but just help your mama out you did and a just great having job, that girl. conversation helps yes thank you, you were wonderful <laughs> I think you had some really powerful things to say some educational points I think your smile radiates through your voice so I hope oh. people feel that when they, they're listening You'll smile again moms yeah. you're gonna smile again there's gonna be glimmers especially in those early days but you're going to find your smile. Even if it's hard to believe us, you know, we're living yeah. proof two years out, one year out um, yeah. and stay close to your babies. A lot of people feel that if they start to feel quote unquote better, or they start to look for light and smile again and laugh again, that it brings them farther from their babies. I was one of them. Mm-hmm. I identified yeah. with my baby suffering and pain and sadness. And I, as I started to try to laugh again, it felt like I was go- getting further and further away from him And that was actually the opposite kind of mother that I wanted to be. I wanted to laugh and I wanted to smile and I wanted to be proud of me. And, and I know Brody's a ball buster and a goofy little kid. And I feel like he would just be so embarrassed if I was an (laughs) asshole or like crying all the time. So like I had to decide to, to try to be the mother that I wanted to be. And so hearing that you'll laugh again, we give you permission to laugh again. We, we allow yourself to do that. Allow yourself to find light and hope. And hearing from somebody like you who's just radiating it, you know, most people wouldn't understand this, but it just gives people hope. That's all they really want. And that there's light at the end of this. Yeah. Well, I thank you so much for coming on and doing it. I'm along here, the journey with you now. I want to hear about it and what's going on with you. And, you know, as somebody who's PAL and most likely will be PAL again, um, here for that journey with you we all are you've got a village thank you thank you so much I find I'm shy to post on social media so I'm I'm hoping to post more about Christopher's story and also about pal yeah yeah and you know what people I think we we're, we're hesitant because we don't want feedback or negative comments about our babies from even people that we know or even strangers and at the end of the day, it, do you feel worse posting or feel worse not posting? That's, That's kind point. of where I was at. You know, I don't want him forgotten. I don't I don't want to ever make him feel like I'm still not proud of him. So whatever it is that your mama heart needs to do, you're his mother, do it. And everyone else can STFU. Exactly. That's how we got to live now. That is the framework we need moving forward. And that's another part of this that we have to get better at. Finding light and finding signs. We get really strong in doing that because we practice it and practice it and practice it. But the, the, the not caring what people think has, that's, that's something we also have to continue to practice and we get better at it and we get immune to people's crap. And, um, eventually they'll give up because they're like, well, she's going to post her baby. And, you know, and that's, and, but you'll be surprised how many people are like, I respect how she's handling this. Like as I wouldn't know what to do. So however she wants to do it, more power to her, you know? I mean, everyone's going to have something to say. Everyone's going to have something to say, no matter what. So do you, boo. That Um, is true. But again, oh my God, this was so lovely. You have enlightened me. This is great. Yeah, and you have brought some some light back to me. I've been feeling heavy the last couple of days. So I really appreciate you. I am motivated now to talk to my baby a little bit. I mean, I talked to him, but it's more like, what the hell are you doing up there? Um, I need more signs and I really appreciate you being so open about all of this. So. Oh, thank you so, so much. It's an honor to be here and everyone play that radio game, get in that car, blast the station and just be like, what are we listening to today, buddy? And go from there. I love that. And I'm going to tag you in the description. So if you guys do this, please message (laughs) us and tell us that you did this. And I would love to hear this song. Like, yeah, tag us and hit up Serena and ask her questions. (laughs) And like, she's such a light. And I hope you guys felt it because I certainly did throughout this episode. Oh, thank you, Catherine. All right, girl. Thanks for doing what you do. Oh, gosh. Can't stop. Won't stop. Exactly. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Yes, girl. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. That's all for this episode of the At A Total Loss Podcast. 
you'd like to help other lost moms benefit from our stories, please share, rate, and comment wherever you are listening. Thank you for being the strong mama that you are. And remember, when things have you at a total loss, we're here to help you find the light in the darkness. Take care, lost moms.